I asked Hannah to host this one just because I feel like Hannah's going to have as much to say on this as me because she's been around here longer and in many ways she's better at taking care of people. So thinking community. I don't know. <laughs> Is anybody asking questions? We could talk about Scott's Let's fantasy see. football team otherwise. Because <laughs> I have so much to say about that. <laughs> oh, there's a question. Okay, if you're planning a church in Helena, fall of 2020, how does that look differently than when you originally planted Narrate? Every other row is tricky. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do right. feel like that, I mean, we saw it yesterday at Scattering. How many people that scattered yesterday have, was that their first time scattering? It felt high to me. Oof, that's a good question. There were several people, yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, I would never do this because one time I was at a church and they're like, hey, if you're new, stand up and we'll give you a cinnamon roll. But <laughs> my, my sense, I mean. It's a cinnamon roll though. I don't know. I might stand up for that. <laughs> you give me a country. I'm not standing up in this room. Uh, but what I've observed is there are guests. So I, I don't know what you change other than maybe you're at the fairgrounds so that you have more room for people. I, that's, I've heard a lot of people say, what, what a terrible time to plant a church. I think it would be an invigorating time to plant a church mm -hmm. because we've had this conversation, but there was a few weeks ago where I was like, okay, so Adam, you can either like put your thumb in your mouth because there's only 40 people in the room, or you could go like, like this, this is the most kick-butt group of 40 people you could ever want to be in a room with. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty exciting. So I, Yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know if you'd ever make it into financial viability, but it'd be fun to do because <laughs> the, the rules are different right now right. for sure. I don't know if I've answered the question. I don't know, but I had something to say too. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest thing has been everything in hospitality is bringing people in and smiling and eye contact and, and mm -hmm. some sort of physical touch, and mm -hmm. that is everything we cannot do right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's hard to still do demonstrate that while going, yeah, but stand six feet away, but we're glad you're here, but don't sit too close. But So there's this kind of like yeah, yeah, tug yeah. of war. But on the other hand, I think the ushers have, I mean, gosh, they're kicking butt. I mm -hmm. mean, it's just so fun to watch Alex and the Stones and Ron and Missy, you know, just kind of with this fun, mm -hmm. like, like it's really fun right now. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm convinced that like the ushers who love it right now are like math-brained people who you just like see the matrix. You look up there and go like, I see two seats right there. <laughs> I guess my, my short answer is I don't yeah. know that I would do anything different because I still mm -hmm. think there's a place for curated content in a, in a gathering sense and there's still a place for inviting people into a way of serving community. I just think it'd be trickier to build that critical mass. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about loving to serve others at your job, but also love it for yourself? Meaning, is it, I'm guessing, is the idea there that, do you have permission to also love it? Maybe. Well, yeah. Like it's your job and you like it? I don't know. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, isn't, that, isn't that Paul's notion of joy? I don't think Paul was miserable in his... New Testament work, or you know, was was Jesus? What's the word for that? Was Jesus morose, or was Jesus this delightfully contented person? I think he was mm -hmm. this contented person, despite the fact that he didn't have a house. So that, 
Fred used to say, if you, love, if you have a job that you love 80% of the time, you've got an amazing job. I feel like in this season, if you've got a job that you love 50% of the time, you've got an amazing job. Yeah. Just being no, honest. I, agree. I don't know. Yeah. Um, in our culture, our spouse is supposed to be, quote, everything we need or we feel we shouldn't need other relationships, but is that a true statement? We kind of talked about that a few weeks ago. Is Scott everything you need? You don't need anybody else? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to make light, but... But no, I think there are... I mean, it's so important to have those other relationships, and I've seen for both of us, same for me and Scott, I don't want to talk for him, but um, like our marriage is stronger because of other people we have in our lives mm-hmm. and because we can process things with other people and come together and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's, that would be dangerous if we only had each other. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, for sure. That, I would say some of the people that in my, um, and you can chime in if this, but mm-hmm. some of the people that, I've, that I'm meeting with, I think who are suffering the most right now are people who are in a marriage where they're on two fundamentally opposite sides of how to respond. Mm-hmm. Where, and it's without without um, demonizing either side of that, so to speak, but that person who has this deep desire to be with people is in a relationship where that's just, because of that person's stance, not okay. Like, mm. there's a lot of pain in that area. Yeah. Which seems to be then exposing this idea of, to me, that, and I know I had to work through that of, I don't think it was ever God's design that your spouse met all of your relational desires. Townsend would say that's a good way to kill your marriage. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what else is on here. Uh, do you want to speak to the vision for the next few months at Narrate? How much can we reveal? Like? I don't know. <laughs> we have like two minutes. <laughs> uh, what are you excited about for the next few months of Narrate? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm excited. Kind of like what you said, we've got these 30, 40 core people that are here and they're excited. And I think as long as people are willing to scatter and serve, like I'm excited. I was really energized by yesterday and how many people Mm -hmm. showed up and split wood. And it was just, it's so fun to serve. Yeah. I mean, maybe that is like kind of selfish, but it's, I love serving our community together. So yeah, I'm excited to continue to Mm -hmm. figure out ways we can still do that. When we've already saw that 30 or 40 become, 80 or 120, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. more, I think one of our next big challenges is how do we make sure that there's room? Because I'm, I'm still convinced that there's people that are interested in attending in the same way. Back to that church plant question, it's just harder and harder to create space. But it's been invigorating yeah. as a staff to think through, I mean, that card is an iteration of that, of like, okay, we can't do sign-up sheets anymore. We have some fun stuff planned around Halloween where, where we're going to, I'm just, we're just going to, we're going to do Friday night gatherings on Halloween and then we're going to turn this place because it'll be the Sunday before the election and turn mm-hmm. this into kind of like a two-hour, like, come pray and, you know, have, have a place to be silent Christmas Eve and five gatherings and next weekend we're going to do communion and how are we going to do that? Well, everyone's going to get their little bag of communion elements when they walk mm-hmm. in the door. So it's been fun to have some new challenges yeah. to, to think through in those and some new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Ales for Trails, we moved it to September because we're like, this is our chance, because the calendar's clear, so we can stop freezing to death in May and move the thing to September. So there's actually a lot of new that this is creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we have time for one more question, if the band wants to come up um, now. 
And then I, I was intrigued by this one. What part of Narrate that we gained in the past decade is most going to help sustain it in the coming months? What would you say to that? I thought I was asking you all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think it's the people, hmm. really. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a thinking out there in church world right now, and we worked through this as a staff. I know I had to work through it emotionally that would say the future of church is online. And, I mean, listen, we've worked hard investing into that space and really proud of Tommy and Justin and the work that they've done there and are honored that there's people, you know, in town and all over the state and the country that are watching. Um, but personally, I had to make this decision of, um, to the extent that the future of church is online, I'm out. And that's not like a moral thing or a theological thing. It's just a, like, at that point, I'd rather huddle up with 10 people in my living room and do church the way we're doing it uh, than that. Um, which is, so the way I've been saying it to myself is the extent to which the business model of Narrate is sustainable into the future, I don't, I don't have the answer to that question. The, the extent to which gathering and scattering is sustainable, I think we've proven that it is. So, mm -hmm. the, the, therefore, to come full circle, I think the part that's serving us is we had a very lean approach in the beginning. I think our, our 20 mile march is serving us. I think yeah. our recipe is serving us. Of frankly, I think that. I mean, aren't you glad that we don't have that we haven't built a 10 million dollar building and we have this huge mortgage to pay? I mean, just so many of the historic decisions that the council has led us through. I think has really set us up to succeed, to be adaptable and to whatever that future leads us. And mm -hmm. frankly, I think when, there's, when we emerge to the other side of this, there's going to be such a high volume of hurting um, people looking for help that I think the old model of narrate is going to be wildly relevant again. And if it's not us, then God will be faithful and it'll be somebody else. But it'd be nice if it was us too. Yeah. yeah. As you consider... This is like a church planting time. Are you convinced that oh, the recently created social order is how we'll be living in 2021 and beyond? That's a million dollar question, isn't it? What's the recently or? I think just like changes with COVID stuff, like how we're living life now. Like, do I think there won't be a point where, I think stadiums are going to be full of people again, if that's what we're asking. Sure. Um, and some, sometimes there's this danger here. I don't want to devalue you by skipping past your question. Sometimes there's, this is like, hey, yeah. this would be a good reason to have a phone call or go for a walk. But yeah, totally. I, am I convinced that this is permanent? I'm not. Are you? No. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, who knows? But if we're flexible and adaptable, I think we'll figure it out. Yeah. Sorry if that was not very convincing, but... Okay. What vocational refinement has happened for you this season as leaders at Narrate? Go ahead. Ooh, Part of the reason I pulled Hannah up here this week was I was like, you've got this long history here. I think you can speak to some of this as much as I can. Oh. So all the hard ones, you get to go first. Sure. Vocational refinement. I think for me, it's reiterated the importance of being involved in our community. And I know right now is a time where it's easy to withdraw and isolate and kind of focus on yourself and the people closest to you. And I think that's important, but I also have been really challenged to figure out how we can still be available and serve our larger community. 
um, through scattering and things like that. And so I think that's just reiterated the importance of showing up. Hmm. That's good. I think f- for me <laughs> that there are so many expressions of polarized partisan Christianity and what God has created here, in my opinion, is so rare that to have a community where it's safe um, and where it's really not about that, mm-hmm. I, I think if you're asking me right now, and I probably would have answered this question differently a month ago, but I'm so right now tuned into, like I genuinely believe we could tear this thing in half in the next six weeks if, if we're not all personally and corporately responsible. And... To me, the tragedy of that would be the polarized sides are going to be just fine. They're going to find communities Mm -hmm. to connect with and follow Jesus with. And the bulk of the community is going to be left again with this jaded, cynical view of Jesus and completely disconnected from faith. Mm -hmm. So that's my answer right now. It would have been different a month ago. Sure. What is the value of making connections with small groups and moving forward? Sorry, do you want me to go? <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's great value. Yeah. Oh, there's huge value. I, I, I still don't, I don't think it's safe to operate on the assumption that everybody who walks in the door, that's what they're looking for. Right. Um, but I, th- I think the, the extent to which somebody wants that, yeah, absolutely. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's this whole series, right? Yeah, yeah, I think we've been having a lot of conversations around connecting the importance of relationships and we talked to you about outside of your marriage or your spouse too or partner mm-hmm. like the importance of having uh, those people you can process life with yeah and we still see lots and you might be one of them of people who all they want from this is a place to sit in the back row and hide for a couple of years so mm-hmm. yeah I, I think all of the above yeah. there were a lot of people s- scattering yesterday that I've, I've never seen mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they've been to a Sunday before um, which means that it's possible that I've, we've looked past them. It's also possible that they're just in a season of life where they want to sit in the back row and be the last one in and the first one out. Mm-hmm. I, I honor that. Yeah. What is the difference between reacting and responding? <laughs> should ask somebody who's good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think reacting is, in Paul's words, acting out of your flesh, right? And responding is acting out of a centered spiritual, healthy place, mm-hmm. I, th- I think. I mean, it's, we're going to get into some of that in January. You're studying contemplative prayer right now. You want to give a little lecture on that? Ooh, well, I'm not good at it <laughs> by any means. Yeah. But I think, uh, oops, it went away. For me, I think it's almost like the reacting is just the, not, not to diminish the importance of emotions, but it's just the, that knee-jerk, like, how mm. am I feeling? And then the responding is, okay, well, how am I thinking and feeling about this and how will my reaction affect those around me? So it's yeah. almost like a pause. So the centering prayer kind of helps you create that space and practice that pause. Yeah, catching yourself right before you fall off the cliff. Because mm-hmm. then after that, you just got to pick up the mess at the bottom. Mm. I'm so tired of waking up in the morning and going, Ugh, dang it, <laughs> Why did I, how did I think that way in that parenting moment? Sure. Responding is catching myself allowing God to catch me before I am the village idiot. Hmm. <laughs> <Thing>. <laughs> okay. Do we let our family 
suffer at the expense of how we respond to God? Uh, I don't think that's what God wants. <laughs> well, it depends on but the context there. Do we let ourselves suffer? Yeah, that's tough. Do our family suffered? Yeah, that's... That feels there's like a lot a of context call. required. Paul did. I mean, right? Like, you certainly see it in the New Testament. Sure. There's... Who was it this week was telling me that they've been reading a lot of missionary biographies, and that's it's at the center of the missionary story of I'm going to take my wife and kids into this situation, and it's mm-hmm. going to be potentially life-threatening for them. I don't feel like I can answer that without context. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Okay. We're flying through these. Oh, okay. Now that we're a church plant again, <laughs> how do we amalgamate and caffeinate again during COVID? <laughs> Okay, Annie, show yourself. That's funny. <laughs> I knew somebody from circa 2008. Well, I think that's what we've been doing in this series, right? Is going, it's going to look different for everybody, but I, I think it's essential. Mm-hmm. I, I said this the first gathering. To, to me, where I have the most in the meetings that we've been having and just attending to people and creating space in those ways, the situations that to me seem the most difficult are those where you as a couple are on extreme different places on this. Mm. And I think that has the potential to either destroy everything that you've created together or become the context of a really important uh, conversation around boundaries and mutual submission and those types of things. But... I think that's where I'm seeing, like, some of those meetings where I leave, like, I'm just like, oh, I just feel so bad for that. It's those situations where you have people on just, it's really, really hard. But it could also be good practice for the rest of married life together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That's all the questions we got. Sweet. Well, there you go. There you go. I guess the band can come up. Yeah. And... What stood out to you the most about the way scattering as these guys come up? What stood out to you the most about, um, was there anything unique about this scattering experience? Um, From others? Not really, and that's why I think I liked it so much. Because it felt, this is what we do. We go into the community, we serve people, and that's what we're here for, right? No matter, Mm. you know... COVID, pre-COVID, whatever. Like, it just felt like, this is why we're here. We're doing Mm. what we're called to be doing. And so I guess I liked it because it wasn't different or Mm. uh, it it felt, and I like patterns and consistency and routine. So that's why I think I I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Well, good job. It was a fun scattering day yesterday. Thanks for setting it up. If you would like to learn more about Narrate Church, find us at narratechurch.org or look us up on Facebook and Instagram.